Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We are kicking off our visit to Kentucky, and we're going to Taylorsville to meet with Nathan Morrow. But first, B. Normus Productions. They've been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoven, decided to get back to that which he loves the most, and that's production. Under the tutelage of Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments and high-end tools are on hand to make your sound compete with your own favorite records. And he's got one goal in mind. That's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. Heck, go make some videos. Be Normus Productions. They're on Facebook or at www.benormusproductions.com. Nathan Murrow from Taylorsville, Kentucky. Now, where is Taylorsville? Taylorsville is... Uh, well, we have Taylorsville Lake, uh-huh. but it's about 45 minutes outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And, and about an hour and a half outside of Lexington. Gotcha. Is that, uh grew up in St. Louis, so Paducah is how I refer to Kentucky. You oh, know, where gotcha. are things in reference to Paducah? Well, we yeah. have friends in Indianapolis that go down, I guess Louisville's real close to where they are in Indiana. So you're kind of central state, right? Central and yeah, south. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty north, north. Like, I mean, it only takes me an hour to get to Cincinnati, or an hour and a half to get to Cincinnati. Oh Maybe no, kidding. Okay. Well, it depends. It depends. Uh, usually two hours. Uh huh. And what do you do when you're not playing music? Uh watching TV, drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> drinking, drinking a beer, maybe, or. Or writing, know. yeah. So you're doing yeah. music full time. That's your that's your income, right? Uh, well, actually, no. Um, I work full time uh, at a factory. Get you know, build washers for a living. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Like, because most musicians that I talk to, right? Most musicians also have something else they do to support their habit. We call music. Right. You know, <laughs> how long and have you been I, playing? Since I was thirteen. Okay, so two years, 20 years? Yeah, something like 20 years, yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, 15, 15, 20. Wow, I'm kidding. Okay. And would you start with, did you start playing guitar? Did you start on some other instrument? I started on a, uh old first act acoustic guitar my dad bought from Walmart. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Still have it? You still have it? Uh, yeah, I still have it. I still have fun? it. It's funny how you when you hold on to those and still bang around with them and stuff. And every oh, once in a while, you pick up your first guitar just to pick it up and say, "Hey, old friend." <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I do, actually, what, what kind of music were you playing when you first started? Thirteen, fifteen years old, or whatever. Um, I was in a lot of. Back then, I was in a lot of like hard rock, hardcore, uh-huh. core bands, but uh, I started. I started playing a lot of Nirvana, actually. Okay, and and this is an audio only Zoom interview, but for people that obviously other than me, I can see this. But you're wearing a Nirvana T-shirt right now, which I thought was kind of cool when you just brought that up. You know, 
So when did you go to uh, when did you go to an electric? Uh, about about when I started guitar classes. Uh -huh. I started I started going to a school called Flying Hand School of Music. Okay. I I was learning on my acoustic, and then he wanted me to uh, get involved with a uh, an ensemble group. So it was basically like their version of a like 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 I guess they're teaching us how to be in a band, how to play in a band. Okay. And uh, well, I was like, Mom, I need an electric guitar. <laughs> so she bought me this. I don't even remember the the name is like Sin, Sin Sonic or something like that, and it had a built-in speaker and did the guitar. It looked like oh, no little, kidding. Yeah, and then we played it at this. Uh, we had our little like a little bitty concert somewhere, and my dad saw all the other kids with their nice. Is, Epiphone SGs and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he needs a better guitar. So I ended up with a, you know, a, a Washburn Strat style guitar. That's cool. And uh, you're still doing rock and roll then? I do. I fiddle with that, um, but I, I mostly write in country music. But right. uh, the music we're listening to today from you is all country. I would consider right, yeah. right. And uh, but I some still, interesting songs, some interesting lyrics. I still fiddle with some middle chord and you know just went a fool around so how long like when did you decide to stop doing covers and start writing so i started playing music with a friend of mine that we, we don't play music together anymore but we he he wanted to get involved in playing out and singing so i was like mm -hmm. well i'll play guitar for you well um then we ended up getting getting together with another guitar player that like had experience out of the wall like been to several different states and he was like you you all need to start writing music and get out there so we wrote a song together went to the studio and and then we had some issues and split our ways and i was just like you know what i'm gonna do my own thing when you write like in a corroboration like that uh a real good friend of mine we're just talking we were just talking about this a couple hours ago that he's like really possessive of his music and he doesn't want anybody to deviate from his idea of the music. Yesterday, I interviewed a band out of New Orleans, and everything is a corroboration. So where are you on that spectrum? Do you have to have all the say-so in your music, or do you want a lot of corroboration or somewhere in between there? Actually, I like working with other people. Uh -huh. uh, I like getting ideas from other people because I know if I... I have a lot of writer's block at times. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm like... You know, what what words do I need to use? What what, what <laughs> line do I need to put in that song? And I'll reach out to a few people. You know, help me out, man. Help me out. I guess what uh, what motivates you to write? Do you just uh, this guy said you guys got to go out and write and play your own? So you're just like okay, if that's how we do music, I'm gonna go write my own music or what? Right. Uh. Yeah. That pretty much motivated me. And then meeting other people. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh. You know, a friend of mine. He uh. One of the, one, probably one of the greatest singers I've ever play music with and we, we just get together every once in a while and jam but he pushes me like you need to do this you need to do that i'm like okay let's do it how does he do on your songs like like has he sung your songs before oh no okay no he's just uh he's got he writes his own music and he doesn't really he's not really in the scene that much anymore i just think that's interesting because like, like you write a song and you know how you want it to sound and then you turn it over to somebody else and say you do it and see how you might hear somebody else's right. interpretation of your music, especially somebody that you, you know, you, you play with or practice with or whatever. 
Now, the first song of yours we're going to listen to is called Broken Hearted. Kind of says it all, right? So, it does. Uh, when did you write that? How long ago? How, how old were you? Oh, I was, I wrote that like three weeks ago. Oh, I'm you're not, kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wrote it and then maybe three days later recorded it. I record here at home. So, I got a lot of guys that did. Would you use GarageBand or? It's called Band Lab. Okay. I've heard of that one too. Yeah. Because you got a lot of layers going on there, you know. You've got yeah. drums, you got a couple of guitars, you got a bass. And it's a, it's a great program. So how do you do that? Because I've never worked with that software before. How do you do that? Do you uh, sit down and play through the song, and then you add things to it, or do you start go go the other way? I don't. I have no idea. I start off with my rhythm, and then add another track, yeah. and then record, record the lyrics on top of that, or you know, vocals, and then and then on top of that, add another track, and then record the. Uh, my leads over that okay so you, everything we hear today is all you well the first all one is called broken hearted and we're going to give it a listen to right now Right. 
my heart tore it into you swore we would make it through but now i'm lost in thought over you now i'm at this bar drinking over the worst i wish we could have made it work but now i'm getting over you Brokenhearted with Nathan Morrow from Taylorville, Kentucky, here on the Music of America podcast. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting and fun live music show to hit the music scene in probably 50 years called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together perform, and compete for both recognition and prizes. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your individual talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for the same song. So let's say that Nathan and I got together and we decided we really like the song Africa by Toto. And then Roger likes that song too. We don't know who Roger is. And John likes that song too, and he wants to play bass on it. We get together and do the show or do the song at the show. That's what Flash Jam is. You don't really get a chance to practice all that much. You just kind of get thrown in there, but you know what your part is because you practice your part because you already signed up for that song. It's it's a really interesting concept. Existing bands are also featured performing iconic songs to display new and emerging local talents, and then the live music patrons participate by voting on their favorite musical combinations. It's all there, Flash Jam, flashjam.com, coming to a market near you. Welcome to the show. Nathan Morrow is our guest from Taylorsville, Kentucky. Now, you said you've been playing for about 15 years, and you started when you were 13, so I put you at about 28. Is that accurate? Actually, I'm 32 you've been playing for 19 years wow that's that's a bit and have you have you revisited the band concept because you did that originally and now you're out on your own but have you like sat in like on an open mic night or a thing like this thing this flash jam thing and they're they're rock band groups that do this kind of thing have you tried anything right. like that um now open mic nights i usually go to uh-huh but it's usually just uh me and a few older guys with acoustic guitars you know we may pick a little lead sing a little and that's about it but uh last year because i also play the cajon oh okay. I got a cajon. yeah and uh last year a buddy of mine was like hey i got asked to open up for so-and-so you know uh drexboro kentucky he's like he's like i need a band he goes i'm just gonna have you and and, and you know my other buddy 
play. So I played Cajon, the other guy played lead, and it was like a three-man band. It was great. It was a great time. So you want to do it again? or? Oh, I'd, I'd definitely do it again. Yeah. If, I got, if I got asked to play in another band, uh, yeah, I'd definitely do it again. Well, have you uh, pursued it on your own? You know, because the guys I talk to, you say they find artists on, I, I guess, Craigslist or Facebook. You know, somebody's looking for this, somebody's looking for that. And a lot of the musicians I talk to, will be in several projects. They'll like do their solo stuff like you're doing, but they also have this band that they're in and they also do this duet thing or whatever, you know, have you considered that? I have. Yeah, I definitely have. And there's only so many hours in the day too, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The next song we're going to do, you didn't write entirely on your own. This is a collaborative effort you said. So tell us about your songwriter partner and talk about a little bit about uh, the whiskey. Don't work like it used to. So I got a buddy that uh, lives in Bowling Green. His name is uh, Bryson Ballard. I believe he's 21 now. It might be, might still be 20. I, I can't remember. But anyway, I met this kid at like a little jam session at a music store and loves music. Great songwriter. This guy, I, whatever he's, everything that he, I've heard that he's written is great. And sometimes I hit, you know, get a hold of him. Hey, man, I need help with writing this song. See what you can come up with. Uh-huh. But, yeah. He sent me the verses to that song, and I was like, okay, I'll see what I can come up with. And, you know, I messed with it. And, uh, next day, I got my guitar out and put it all together and all the melodies and rhythms. And I said, hey, man, I think I, think I got it. Wow. So I recorded it on my phone and sent it to him. He goes, dude, that's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you write with him more then? I mean, shoot it. You, you like playing with other people and you got a banger, right? <laughs> right? Actually, he'd like to get together personally and mm-hmm. write a few songs. He says he writes better in person and I, I don't blame him. I do too. So how'd you meet him? Just a friend of yours or? Yeah, I met him about a couple of years ago at a, at a music shop. It was like oh, a okay. jam session. Just kind of hit it off from there. He's a good, good kid. It's funny. You calling somebody a kid. Had a conversation today with uh, two of my best friends in St. Louis, and the one guy's son looked at his navigator today in traffic. And we looked up; there was a dump truck that stopped right in front of him. So, bam, he hit the back of it. Now, he talked earlier. John had talked earlier about this other guy. He called this kid that that he plays music with. And that kid is like forty years old. Well, his son is only in his early thirties. So my other friend was talking to him about insurance and all that. You know, sometimes they hit kids a lot harder. He goes, oh, no, he's not a kid. He's 30. Like, well, the other day you talked about this guy who was in his 40s and called him a kid. So <laughs> so, so you've opened up this can of worms now. At what age is somebody a kid? Anybody younger than you? I'd say 10 years younger. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's a kid. He's in his teens, 20s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's 20, Yeah. And does he play? Is he sing? He plays what? Yeah, he plays a uh, guitar and he sings he sings a little, yeah. Uh-huh. And where do you play? Is Taylorsville not the biggest city in Kentucky? No, it's actually we're pretty small. Um there's only maybe a couple places around here that I mean there's there is one that I've played before. Uh it's a small call small bar called Small Town Tavern. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's probably a couple other places around here that you can play at, but 
most most of the time it's either you're you're going out to Louisville or or Lexington or wherever. If any if anything happens, I you know I'll probably end up having to drive a good thirty minutes to an hour to play somewhere. And what would that be? You said anything happens. What would what would that something be that happens? Booking a gig. Booking a gig. <laughs> there you go. So you do it all yourself, man. You don't have an agent, right? You don't have a manager. You book everything yourself. You record all yeah. your, song, your own stuff. And the only thing you had some help with was this next song here. Exactly. And the song is called The Whiskey Don't Work Like It Used To. Now, was that the original premise or is that what your partner came up with and said, let's, let's write this song about this? That's actually what he had written in one of the verses. Uh-huh. And- I was like, you know what? That sounds like a like that sounds like the song title. So. It's the title. It's funny how that happens. We're gonna give it a listen. The whiskey don't work like it used to. Our guest today, Nathan Murrow, here on the Music of America podcast. now. 
whiskey don't work like it used to. Boy, how many times have I said that <laughs> to myself? Nathan Murrow, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. You know, you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. Now, that's the easy part. Somehow, after two years or so, though, things start to become challenging. Emotions and flair have waned, and you disagree more. You feel disillusioned at times. This period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. That's usually when couples seek out a therapist to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook is sort of a how-to book teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better. It offers exercises you can do to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two years after forever, it's not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And to do these exercises together will only help you apply those lessons you learn, and you'll absolutely see a difference in the relationships, particularly lasting into the future. You know, like, well, Forever, two years after forever, available at Amazon today and at two years after forever.com. Check them out today and forever. Nathan Murrow is our guest. And I was so excited when your name came across because my, my oldest grandson is Nathan also. And we call him Nate, but sometimes I call him Nathan. And uh, so you go by Nathan, though. Your performance name is Nathan. If somebody calls you Nate, do you throw a beer bottle at him or what? Uh, no, actually, uh, that's that's what I prefer everybody at work to call me is Nate. But oh, okay, outside of there, I mean, just call me Nathan. You know. What uh, what kind of support do you get? Like when you're out doing a show, do you uh, like do your workmates come out to see you? Is, is there family nearby? Do you have friends that come out to see you? Or what? Do you, how's that look? I have a few friends that come out. You know, they come out sometimes. Uh, and how often would you say you're playing right now? Uh, right now I'm not playing anywhere. I mean, but I could just make a phone call and say, hey, put me on, give me a date, you know. But uh -huh. right now, I'm just not playing anywhere. So how often would you like to play? Like, do you want to get to the, do you want to, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to get to the point where you're playing every week? Do you want to play every weekend day? Do you want to just play Saturday night? Or do you want to just play Friday night, Sunday day? Do you want to do a weeknight? What's that look like? On the way things are right now, how often would you like to be playing? The way things are right now, yeah, definitely a Friday night and a Saturday night because Friday you get off work, you have nothing to do on Fridays, so, you know, perfect time to play music Friday nights. And then Saturday nights, you know, I'm always available, so there's another opportunity. But then Sundays, Sundays is my late, late back day, you know. Yeah. Relax, and then because you got to go back to work Monday. So <laughs> well, you got to give yourself time to fish, right? Right. You fish? <laughs> you fish? Well, I haven't fished in a while, but I, you know, I do sometimes. I thought maybe you might've been a fisherman because you brought up how close you are to a lake. When I asked where you were, first thing you came out of, first words come out of your mouth was your, your uh, juxtaposition to a lake. I thought, well, there's a, he's either a boater or a fisherman, you know? Yeah. I, I like to fish every once in a while. What's your biggest conquest in the lake? At this, at this lake, it was just a small crappie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were kids we used to go uh i lived in a city so our lakes were uh you know man-made ponds that were stocked with an occasional bluegill or catfish or something it's just or carp you know i caught a lot of carp when we were kids but uh, a lot of bluegill you know but 
just uh just not the same as being out in the country and fishing in a fishing hole or something so what do you do for fun you don't have a sports team you don't have a you don't have a hockey team in kentucky you don't have a baseball team well you got you got minor league right louisville yeah the river bats yeah yeah or, well the louisville bats is what they really call them but yeah uh and then there's a, there's a soccer team in louisville uh, oh okay but other than that i mean yeah it's just all uh triple a stuff and yeah do you like sports uh i do i'm a big uh pittsburgh steelers fan oh you're kidding wow uh, i love so, the man. Always I'm, a, I'm a big saints fan and what made me a saints fan was 2010 i guess uh Halloween weekend down in New Orleans. It was Monday night football and it was the battle of the black and gold. And it was New Orleans against the Steelers. And I happened to be down there because my daughter was doing volunteer work or was working for AmeriCorps and doing mold remediation through the ninth ward after Hurricane Katrina, right? Well, they advertised it at the dome for everybody to come in costume. Okay. Because the game was on Halloween or the night before Halloween, and now it's in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest Halloween party ever. You know, because they invited people to come out, 60,000 people to a football game, come in right. costume, they advertised it, so they invited and invited people to come to a costume party in essence. It met the guidelines of Guinness Book of, of Guinness Book of World Records to meet that criteria to become the biggest party. And it just happened to be the battle of the black and gold against the Steelers. There's a, uh, what there was something I just read about the Steelers too. Something with Jerome Bettis. What was that? Did uh, he, you know, I have no idea. Okay. I, did he end his career there? Or did he uh, start his career there? He, he, uh, he ended his career there. He that's retired. what it was. Okay. So I think that's what it was. He retired and they had some kind of a ceremony for him or something, maybe at the start of the season or something. He was a madman when he was with the Rams because we actually had a football team and Bettis was on that team then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> liked it, liked it. So this last song we're going to play, it's called Whiskey Bottle Memory. Uh, there seems to be a theme here, you know, broken hearted whiskey don't work like it used to whiskey bottle a country music, cry in your beer. Yeah, actually. And, that, and that's, uh, that's why I, uh, titled my uh ep release the whiskey and the lonely because uh your girlfriend unbroke up with you and you're at the bar getting hammered drunk <laughs> off, of, <laughs> off of what, what whatever you know what's the old joke that if you uh play a country song backwards you get your house back get your girl back you get your dog back you get your truck back you get your job back <laughs> yeah i've heard that plenty of times <laughs> that's funny it's funny that, that it's it's almost stereotypical that country music has that uh, that association with sadness, sorrow, and drinking more than rock and roll or soul or you know. My brother and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, different questions to ask on podcasts, and this is kind of a neat one. If someone were to do your life story, who would be singing your music? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Man, I'd have to say Johnny Cash. No kidding. Okay. See, I I'd went I went Johnny. a different I went a different direction. I went like again, I brought it up Merle Haggard, which made me think about that because you know, but Johnny Cash, I could see that a lot with your style, especially. Yeah. Now the other side of that, okay, if you could play any musician in a movie, whose life would you do? 
any musician. Yeah. In a, oh. Hollywood calls you up and they say, hey, Nathan, we, we, we did the, a screen sampling of you and we're doing this movie of X and you would be perfect for it. Who would that be? Who would you like to play on camera? You play their music, you perform their stuff, and you are the actor that, and you don't have to look like them. They'll take care of that at Hollywood. Man, that's a good question. I mean, I can name, I can name a few. Um, and I'd have to say Johnny Cash again because yeah. I don't just, I don't know. It's just something about Johnny Cash. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough act to follow. I mean, how do you? You know, Johnny Cash is a, you know, such a legend, such a big, you know, superstar. That'd be kind of cool. And again, yeah. your style kind of is similar to Johnny Cash's. You sing from your heart, you know, you sing from your soul, and uh, and and your musical style is is pretty similar too. I could see that. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. I mean, name name a song that you just crank it up because it's one of your favorites and just belt out along with them. Oh man, there is a musician out there. Uh, his name is Cody Hibbert. And uh, he's got a song called, uh, I believe it's called Dying Breed. Yeah. Well, I believe so. I'd have to look it up real quick. But uh, it is one of the best songs I've heard in, yeah, it's called Dying Breed. One of the best songs I've heard in a long time. It's it's like, I, there's a lot of emotion in, in the lyrics. It's, it's a great song. So that's what gets you then. It's like, well... The lyric will get you, and the the music carries that lyric, but it's the lyric that really gets you on that song. Yeah. There's a theme here. I don't know if you notice this, but in talking to you, Nathan, I've noticed that 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 music is, and you're you're a really good guitar player, really good guitar player. But it's the message of the song means so much more to you than the music. It seems. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, we're going to listen for that now. Now that we've got a different. Well, everybody looks at the at life through different prisms, right? Well, we're going to put on that prism of listening to this song and the lyrics of the song because the lyrics is what really matters to you. And the song is called Whiskey Bottle Memory. Sitting here, drinking my light away Wishing you would come back to me someday The liquor won't even take away the pain Lord have mercy, can't wait for that day I wish I could get rid of this
Nathan Morrow is our guest, our first guest from Kentucky, and he's out of Taylorsville, and that song was called Whiskey Bottle Memory. Nathan, this is the section of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So you're not playing out a whole lot, so I'm guessing you don't have a whole lot of albums and concert dates coming up, but let's hear what you've got coming up, any merch you have, or how we can support you by listening to your music, downloading your music, buying your CDs. Where do we do all that? So right now, I've got... As far as social media, I've got Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Nathan Morrow Music or Instagram at Nathan Morrow Music. And then I'm also on, you can find my music. Just look up Nathan Morrow on Spotify, uh, Apple Music. Uh, I want to say iTunes. And then uh, I'm also streaming on Pandora and iHeartRadio. Oh, no kidding. Good for you. You got out everywhere, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And how does that uh, how does that exactly work? Uh, somebody, a couple of people have joked about getting their check from Apple or whomever. You know, their their thirty eight cents that they get <laughs> after, after like a thousand plays or whatever. You get a nickel or whatever. How does that? Do you monetize it all through that, or do you just play it? Put it out there to play. Uh Well, so far I've not really kept track on what i'm making um and i've not really got in uh, a report of what i made yet so yeah. I'm, i mean i'm just putting it out there like hey here i am listen to me pretty cool pretty bold you know and 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 i love that freshness because you're not there for the money you're there to put your music out there you know money would be nice money would be nice but that's not why you're doing this. You're doing this because it's art and you want to share your art with people. That's, that's admirable, man. That's cool. Well, uh, this has been good, Nathan, and I uh, hope you continue to listen and wish you continued success and uh, come back and see us when you're winning your third CMA, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do. All right, man. Nathan Murrow was our guest here on the Music of America podcast. Join us up next tomorrow, Derek Lester and the Tattered Sons. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.